Welcome to the Social Minute, the podcast that looks at social network minute by minute. Today we're going to be covering minute number 47, which goes from 46 to 46.59 on the clock. Uh, we join this minute halfway through a conversation uh, by someone from Mark's, from his OS lab, um, who apparently, I'm guessing Mark doesn't really seem to recognise <laughs> because he seems kind of puzzled as to what's going on. Uh, people tell him how awesome, you know, Facebook is, which, you know, continues the theme of the previous minute. Um, and then there's a very funny exchange about Bill Gates, which I'm not going to destroy by talking about <laughs> here. I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, and then I li- I kind of like how there's kind of some off-screen conversation as they walk away yes. um, before Edu- Eduardo and Mark kind of leave them. Um, and then Eduardo and Mark kind of get home and, you know, uh, kind of... Mark starts asking about, well, first of all, Eduardo, you know, says they've got to monetize the Facebook and then Mark kind of changes the subject to, you know, asking about Alison Christie. Um, And then we kind of get this whole thing about how, you know, they've got 4000 members. So we get an indication of how big Facebook is at this particular moment. And of course, um, you know, this is where we have an exchange, which was actually set up earlier in the film when Mark came home drunk the first, you know, or kind of, let's say, bitter uh, and he started drinking. He, when he opened his fridge, there were some cans of Mountain Dew in there. And so he says, <laughs> um, you know, if we start installing pop-ups for Mountain Dew, and that's where the minute ends. Um, so that, again, a nice little thing that was set up by David Fincher earlier in the film and kind of gets called back to here. Uh, and joining me to talk about today is Ali Pet. Hello, Ali. Hello, Darren. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, so like this minute is mostly, I don't know, it's kind of a transitional minute. We get the ending from the previous minute, uh, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, and then we get the start of what will be kind of like the next kind of three minutes of this, which is the discussion over the advertising and the direction that Facebook needs to go in. Obviously, you know, in yesterday's minute, when asked about Facebook, um, you know, Eduardo had kind of laid claim to it being their thing. So it's not just Mark's website. It's it's his and Mark's website. Um, and here we get, you know, the kind of start of, um, you know, a wedge coming between them a little bit. Um, based on kind of like the direction of, you know, how the site should be kind of run. Um, It's kind of interesting that we get like a concrete number as well of like, you know, they've got 4,000 members, which considering that at this point this was only open to um, Harvard, that's a lot of people. That's pretty much like everybody on campus is kind of like, you know, a member of Facebook. There's not really any more space for growth on just the Harvard campus at this point. (laughs) So... Um, it is. It's kind of interesting because the fact that you know Eduardo is the one pitching advertising this soon on because I don't think the four thousand people is really like I kind of agree with where Mark will go with this in the next few days, which is like it's a bit too early to be kind of putting ads on the site. You know, like at this point, I mean, admittedly, it's costing Eduardo money to run the server. I was I was gonna say yeah. it's his money, not Mark's. Yeah, but um, I mean, we'll get into that more in the next couple of minutes because because that's kind of really where that discussion kind of um, is kind of talked about. Um, but here we have this kind of wonderful exchange where we have Stuart, Vikram, and Bob, and they are kind of you know Stuart has already introduced himself, um, and they say awesome job with the Facebook, awesome job. Of course, you know Vikram agrees with Stuart, and of course Mark is just like thanks and. This is where we get probably my favourite character in the entire film, which is Bob, um, <laughs> who is kind of clueless because because he's like, I'm Bob. And of course, Mark kind of gives this weird, you know, you know, how you doing? Like, he, he's not really engaging with them, but he, at the same time, no. he, I guess he doesn't want to kind of get, I mean, after face mash, he doesn't want to get like another reputation. So he's kind of just being pleasant. And I like when Bob is like, you know... I, I could swear he was looking at you when he said the next Bill Gates could be right in this room. 
And of course, Mark kind of dismisses it and saying, you know, I doubt it. And I like that Mark is like, uh, sorry, the Bob says, I showed up late. I didn't even know who the speaker was. And I just love the delivery from Jesse Eisenberg where he goes, it was Bill Gates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like how in the script it has in brackets beat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like just a wonderful, like, just like, yeah, it was Bill Gates. Like, and, and of course, Bob's like, that makes sense. And it's like, yeah, of course. It does. Yeah. And I love how like kind of Bob plays it off just a little bit of like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like. You know, he arrived late, so he's got no excuse. You know, people that, like, I've got to be honest with you, like, even in, like, 2010, I don't know that anyone would have really recognised Bill Gates. Like, he's a he's not, like, the most kind of, like, recognisable of people. You know, he's just a kind of, like, doughy white guy. Like, you know, pretty much anybody wearing a sweater looks like Bill Gates. So I can kind of understand Bob's point. True, he is, he is kind of Ned Flanders without the without the moustache and yeah. glasses. Yeah, so, so I can kind of understand why Bob, you know, maybe, you know, if he's, he's arrived and he's sitting at the back and he can't really see the speaker, maybe... You know, like I could understand, um, you know, that that he wouldn't have recognised him. Um, but then, of yeah, course... I feel like I feel like Bill Gates' voice is quite recognisable. I mean, it is very much like the archetypal nerd voice. But like, I feel like I, yeah, yeah, maybe in two thousand and three, I wouldn't have recognised it. But I think I think maybe the thing yeah. is as well is like obviously, you know, we know that um, you know Stuart is in Mark's OS lab, but we don't know what Bob is doing. You know, Bob might no. be a theatre major. He might not really care about Bill Gates. <laughs> like, you know, th- like not everybody like kind of knows what Bill Gates looks like and sounds like. So I can kind of understand yeah. that, you know, yeah. Bob showed up late. Maybe he was just friends with like Stuart and Vikram and he, you know, he kind of was just meeting them at the venue. And, you know, like it's just funny that obviously he picks, you know, the next Bill Gates could be right in this room. And obviously, you know, it's Bill Gates. It's such a wonderful kind of like setup and punchline um, to that particular thing that it does kind of make Bob look... A little bit stupid, but then I kind of love that, like, as Mark, like, Eduardo kind of is like, thank you very much, and, like, kind of takes takes Mark away, um, and as they do yeah. in the background, we can kind of hear this, like, discussion of, like, you know, are you a moron? You can't recognise Bill Gates when he's standing in front of you. It's like Mark Zuckerberg thinks, you know, we got into Harvard on a dimwit scholarship. Um, and like, I mean, there's there's a lot more stuff that's kind of put in the script that you don't really hear, but those are kind of the lines that you can actually kind of pick out about like how mad that they that you know the fact that Mark Zuckerberg now is a celebrity on campus, yeah, and it's like well, being thought of as being like a dimwit in front of Mark Zuckerberg is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, then um, Bob has that line about like I'm gonna get a Glock and kill you, which is like. <laughs> very specific it's not like i'm gonna kill you it's i'm specifically gonna get this particular kind of gun which is i don't know whether that's just like he's a video game person and therefore knows guns because it is it's very it's it's weirdly specific yeah um (laughs) yeah just i mean i just love that i just love the whole like that whole kind of like setup and punchline of like you know bill gates bill gates and then the whole kind of like you know you can't recognize bill gates when he's standing in front of you like for an hour, yeah. but I, I think it's, it, it's not it's not fair on Bob, you know. Like, like I say, I don't, I, I you know, any any kind of like white guy in a sweater could be Bill Gates standing in the front of a room. <laughs> so it's like you know, unless unless this was like set in Seattle, then obviously I'd expect you know that people in Seattle kind of know you know who who Bill Gates is. Um, and at this point, quite frankly, if you're thinking about you know people running you know software companies. I would argue that Steve Jobs was way more well known than Bill Gates at this point. Like Bill Gates never kind of did keynote speak speeches like um, like Steve Jobs did. Like you know, Steve Jobs once he returned to Apple, he was the one who announced every single launch of every single product. You know, from uh, all the way from when the first iMac was introduced, all the way up until his death. Like he was always the keynote speaker. 
um, you know, at WWDC every single year, you know, like if there was ever an announcement, it was always made by him. So I could understand how if it was Steve Jobs standing up there talking people, you know, and you didn't recognize him, then I think you were an idiot. But, mm. you know, Bill Gates yeah. had kind of stepped down from running Microsoft day to day years before this. And, you know, it was mostly left up to his kind of successors to do like, you know, announcements and stuff. So, uh, you know, I mean, I guess if you maybe if you were into kind of like philanthropy and stuff, and you knew about the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and stuff. Mm. Maybe you might know who he is, but um, I'd argue that Bill Gates is kind of, you know, his fame had kind of maybe dimmed a little bit um, as Steve Jobs had kind of become, you know, the main kind of attraction in terms of, you know, software and, and hardware and, you know, like. It just it just feels like that's more of a thing that people certainly in two thousand in you know two thousand and three three yeah. four um, you know we'd already had like the announcement of the various different iMacs and all that kind of stuff you know like it, it Steve Jobs kind of resurgence of Apple in the kind of um, you know early two thousands late nineties that was kind of like a huge story so um, you know I could forgive Bob for not knowing um, yeah you know. I mean I think I think I think that's fair I think Bill Gates was probably more a name that you knew rather than a like full like personality and voice and appearance whereas as you say Steve Jobs was a whole bunch more charismatic so which you know lent itself a lot more to to you know giving public speeches and whatever yeah I mean it's it's kind of telling that uh, in the film uh, Antitrust uh, starring um, Tim Robbins uh, he plays a an evil Bill Gates type <laughs> um, and in that film, like he's his uh, kind of his impression isn't is closer to Steve Jobs than it is Bill Gates, to be honest with you, like the kind of the way that he portrays like this kind of, um, you know, kind of genius at the top of a company. It's it's not really Bill Gates. It's it, like it's more charismatic and, and interesting. And the characterization is kind of closer to to what Steve Jobs was at the time than Bill Gates. Mm. And that's even like Hollywood. Like when they're looking for like an evil super genius, they didn't even go to Bill Gates. They, they went with Steve Jobs uh, because even in the kind of the, the late 90s, that was the more recognizable kind of like, you know, I mean, obviously, the, like the company, the way it was in, in that particular film, the company is closer to Microsoft. Uh, but the way it was portrayed, you know, the character is kind of a bit closer to, you know, I think in the commentary, the director says it's meant to be a mix of Steve Jobs and, and Bill Gates. But to me, the performance by Tim Tim Robbins is closer to a, a Steve Jobs than a, a Bill Gates. And I think that's kind of telling because, you know, I think even though Bill Gates was this like really, you know, super well-known person, it's kind of hard for people to kind of get a grasp on exactly what his personality was. Uh, I think that, you know, the kind of the most recognizable thing at that point would be the episode of The Simpsons where, you know, um, Homer invents, what is it, hyper mega global net or whatever it is. <laughs> and, and Bill Gates comes around. Junior with, vice president. <laughs> yeah, and, Bill, and Bill Gates kind of comes around with a couple of goons and like smash up his computer and tell him that it, it's all over. <laughs> like, and even there, like he's kind of just portrayed as like a kind of nasally nerd. He's like, there's no real kind of Bill Gates impression that's that's kind of done. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think Bob's that bad for not knowing who Bill Gates is. Um, but I still kind of just love the whole, the, the whole of the scene kind of hinges just on that little kind of, that little kind of punchline of, of, uh, Jesse Eisenberg. Again, like in this film, Jesse Eisenberg isn't really allowed to be like that funny. Like his, his Mark Zuckerberg mm. is a bit more closed down. So I love just that we get these little kind of moments where he has this timing of like, it was Bill Gates. And you kind of, yeah, like, I, you know, you get to see I, a little bit of um, Jesse Eisenberg's kind of comic. He's got a he's got a good kind of comic timing, so it's it's nice to kind of mm. see it in this scene. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I listened to the the commentary track and that was one thing that Jesse Eisenberg said is that in contrast to, you know, most directors that one works with as an actor, he said, you know, normally they'll be like, no, more emotion, more emotion. And David Fincher apparently was constantly saying to him, you know, just damp it down, damp it down. It's, you know, Mark has emotions, but he doesn't tend to reveal them to people very much. So I thought that was an interesting interesting detail yeah and he does yeah his humor is it's it's very kind of like like biting sarcastic (laughs) yeah i mean rather like any like if you i mean you know i've said this about you know i love the performance that jesse eisenberg gives in this film but you know like if you see him in other films he is more kind of like charming and he has Mm. like a kind of natural kind of comic timing and he you know he like he's more kind of uh, warm in other films and, and and a lot of that is kind of here is kind of like held back um, and later on in the film you know once they get to California we'll actually see Mark Zuckerberg like smiling and stuff like so it's opening not, up yeah, yeah. so but it, it's just when he's here with a bunch of strangers he clearly doesn't want to talk to these people <laughs> and it's like yeah yeah and, and, and spe- speaking of warmth you get a real like uh, clear contrast between him as a person and and the film's version of of Eduardo, because Eduardo is 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 quite comfortable in this situation, and he's you know he's very open and warm and like hi guys yeah nice to nice to talk to you and and Mark is like he he's you know he's polite I guess but it's he's quite he's quite curt he's you know almost monosyllabic and he just really wants the interaction to to be over whereas. Eduardo is doing a much better job of projecting, even if I don't actually want to be here talking to you, he doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't come across. Yeah. You know, I think... and he gives them this little kind of like rock star wave as, <laughs> yeah, as, as they, they kind of leave there. Yeah, he's like, yeah, thanks very much for coming out. You know, like I, yeah, I think it's interesting because obviously Eduardo, you know, I think he, out of the two of them, you know, he like, obviously it's been said that, you know, Mark is the kind of like rock star on campus at this point because of Facebook. But Eduardo mm. is kind of basking a little bit in the reflected glow, you know, as he, oh, as he does, yeah, yeah. you know, with uh, with Christy and Alice. And as he's doing here with these three guys now, of like, yeah, this is, you know, this is me and Mark Zuckerberg. We are the ones who did this. Thanks very much for your congratulations. Like, he's yeah, taking credit yeah, yeah. a little bit for this, the kind of the warm remarks that are being given to both of them. Um, and I even though I they're really like, directed at Mark. Yeah. And, and that's the same with like, you know, obviously it was the same with Christie as well. Her question wasn't, are you Eduardo Saverin? It was, is that, is that Mark Zuckerberg, your friend? And yeah, again, yeah. I mean, that's something that, you know, obviously is played upon in the rest of the film as well. You know, this whole kind of how close they were as friends. So again, but it's like the only way that he kind of, you know, the only way that uh, Christie goes out with, with Eduardo Saverin is because he knows Mark Zuckerberg. Like that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's kind oh, of I, benefiting I, from this relationship at this point. Yeah. Speaking of their, of their friendship, I do love that little look that they, that they give each other when Bob says his giant face palm line, they just give this each other, this, they quickly make eye contact and <laughs> uh, Andrew Garfield, you know, just kind of like raises an eyebrow and they're both like, Oh, this guy's dumb. Yeah. But it's just communicated that that split second. It's 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 really nice. But I I mean I, I I like as well how as you know as they're leaving like you know as they were yesterday and they're kind of leaving the you know the uh, the, the kind of the auditorium. Um, you know, Mark, like I said, he's the one kind of like zipping up his hoodie, trying to hide a little bit. Whereas Eduardo kind mm. of seems to be enjoying, like he's enjoying the interaction he's just had. 
And as these guys approach, Eduardo, like, I wouldn't say he, like, jumps in front of Mark, but he's he kind of, the way he stands, he's, like, he's kind of assessing them a little bit. And then when they start talking, it's kind of like, you know, when they're saying thanks, you know, like, thanks for the Facebook, you know, it's a good, awesome job and all that kind of stuff. You can see Mark is kind of reluctant to interact with them, but Eduardo seems kind of like, it's just the way Andrew Garfield is, I think. He's just a bit kind of happier, and it's like, he's more willing to kind of interact with these people because, you know, he wants to kind of take credit a little bit for what's going on with Facebook. Um, so you kind of get just... Well, and he the, probably feels the, like it's better PR. Yeah, well, this is it, you know, like, it, I mean, at this, at this point, like, these people, if they're using Facebook, like you said, they're using Eduardo's money, so, <laughs> so mm, you know, yeah, he's, yeah. He, he's, he's paid for this thing to happen, so he's more than happy to kind of take credit for what's going on, because without his cash, nobody would be on the Facebook. Um, you know, yeah, I'm guessing yeah. that's kind of how he's seen it. Um, and then, while, like yeah. we say, we do get, like, a bit of the discussion of, you know, kind of, it's time to monetize it. Um, and this is something, obviously, that we'll get more into over the next kind of few weeks. And I, I think as well, it's like he says, it's time for the website to generate revenue. And, you know, I, I, I kind of like how he, you know, he says, what do you mean by monetize? And that's, that's the description he gives. And Mark's like, no, I know what the word means. How do you want to do it? And of course, Eduardo is like yeah. advertising. And this is when, when Mark kind of created the site, you know, this was something that they, you know, they, they said themselves, you know, it was nice and clean, you know, what basically it wasn't MySpace, which at the time obviously mm. was a lot more kind of garish and, you know, people kind of messed with the HTML and stuff. So it's like, it's kind of interesting that this point, you know, they're up to 4,000 members and this is the point in which Eduardo is like, we've got to monetize it. Uh, and of course, this is where Mark disagrees, something which we'll get into in the next couple of minutes, because I think yeah. you know, that, that discussion's a bit bigger in there. But it's interesting that, you know, the, the kind of the celebrity on campus is maybe the thing that is pushing Eduardo a little bit. Uh, and also possibly the fact that, you know, there's only so much that their server can kind of handle at the moment. And if this thing gets mm. too big, maybe it's going to end up costing Eduardo money. And so he's already kind of thinking about how do we start recouping this thousand dollars that I've already kind of sunk into this. Um, you know, whereas obviously Mark is just more concentrating on the fact that people like the site. Um, and, you know, that is obviously yeah, going to be the although, biggest wish. Although possibly as, as we get into in the next, in the next minute, maybe his, his vision is a bit wider in, into the potential of this idea that he's got. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, obviously once Mark expands on this, I can kind of see his point of view, but at this point in time, you know, we're talking about two 20 year olds, one of whom is a thousand dollars in the hole and yes. wants to kind of make his money back. So I can understand oh, that point yeah, of view yeah. completely. And then, you know, once more Mark kind of explains why he doesn't want to go down that direction, I think his his point of view is also very understandable. Um, yeah. So is there anything else to say about this minute or do you feel like we've uh, we've kind of covered everything? Um, No, I mean, like I was going to briefly say maybe that the 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 dorm room is kind of like stereotypically David Fincher dingy. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very gloomy room. Um. But uh, but yeah, apart from that, no, I think I'd covered everything. Well, then I'll ask you, uh, as I am on Tuesdays, uh, when did you join Facebook? So I had to look this up. Uh, it was autumn of 2006. So it was okay. my third year of university. Pretty much to the point at which it was available, because it was made available to the public on the 26th of September 2006. Oh, uh, okay. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's interesting, because I was under the impression that i'd that i'd got onto it just while it was still like universities 
Yeah. Um, but but yeah, apparently I'm misremembering that. I mean that 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 feels like if you're saying that's like your your final uh, your third year, then that uh, that but that also would coincide with the start of the autumn uh, term. Like yeah, so so it it might have been that you could maybe got on a couple of weeks before it was opened out to the public. Uh, yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, but that kind of um, coincides with the time that you happen to have got on and happen to have been at university. So maybe yeah, a bit yeah, yeah. To figure out. Yeah, it's funny because like going back, I I kind of thought like I'm sure I was on this in um in in second year and. Yeah, no, 2006 was the year that I moved from second year to third year, so that's probably where that's that's coming from. Yeah. Um, um, I actually, like, dug up when I got on MySpace, and that was, like, January of that year, which, again, like, was like, oh, right, that seems later than, like, my recollection. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I know I was definitely on MySpace in 2007, but I couldn't say hmm. when I joined MySpace because I haven't logged on to MySpace at this point, in years and years <laughs> and years, quite a long, yeah, a long time. So, yeah. so I'm not 100 percent sure exactly when I joined MySpace, but I, I get, I'm, I'm yeah. almost certain I probably joined MySpace around like 2004, or five. I want to say. Um, gotcha. Yeah. And yeah. then you know I was definitely on it until about 2008, nine ish. Um, probably just as it was starting to kind of, and I only, I only remember being on it in 2007 because there was a couple of people that uh, I hadn't seen since university who were on it. And they had contacted me through MySpace in 2007. So gotcha, that was gotcha. kind of how I, I knew. Um, but yeah, so I, yeah, 2006 was just as it was kind of rolled out to basically anybody with an email address. Mm, um, yeah, although yeah. I would have thought, given the kind of culture around Facebook, it probably would have been, you know, f- certainly for students, a bit more kind of like pressing that people would have been on Facebook and they probably would have wanted you to get on Facebook. Like, yeah, because so. this, this is the funny thing. Like, I, I think, like... Maybe I'm just totally misremembering it, but I can remember like being annoyed about it, like opening out to the general public. So <laughs> yeah, so it's it's possible you maybe joined it. Appara- just apparently, the time I was that that you happened. know very elitist yeah. back then. Uh, well, it's funny because obviously I've spoken to a few people who were at university as you know Facebook was exclusive to university, and they have kind yeah. of said you know like there was this thing of like you know you start university and then basically everyone was on Facebook like instantly. <laughs> so you kind of had to get on Facebook, uh, you know, which I think is obviously what propelled its growth so much. Um, but yeah. 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 Like I do feel like it, it, it suddenly became something that everyone was on. Yeah. Absolutely. I can imagine. I can kind of, the thing is as well is I can kind of imagine, you know, as described later on in the film, kind of the social pressure to get onto this website so that you're able to kind of make friends with everybody that you're already friends with at university mm. would obviously that I could imagine that pressure being quite, you know, high, especially as, you know, a lot of, um, you know, educational institutions, certainly over here, did kind of have, uh, not, not not something like Facebook, but they certainly had networks that you could be part of that were kind of just like intranets that were kind of, you know, part of kind of um, campuses and stuff and information was on there. Um, and I mean, I'm going back to when I was at university, which was kind of like the mid 90s and the internet had only literally just kind of started. I mean, I remember using Explorer 2.0. So, <laughs> um, I, I mean... Um, Netscape, Netscape Navigator 2.0, <laughs> I remember using. So I can remember having like these oh, kind of wow. intranets where it's like there's, there's certain kind of groups within the kind of campus that have these kind of presences online. And it's like you had to kind of to get information, you had to kind of join them and, you know, use your email and all that kind of stuff. So I could imagine by the time Facebook has kind of rolled around, the kind of pressure to be on Facebook 
without all these other people that you're at university with would have been kind of immense. <laughs> uh, whereas kind of as a member of the general public, I guess you could kind of avoid that pressure for a little bit, um, you know, until, of course, everybody you know is on Facebook. And then at that point, you know, it's it's rare that I meet anybody these days who isn't on Facebook, um, you know. And when you do, you're kind of puzzled as to how they've managed to stay off it for all these years. Yeah, it's funny. I've I've had I've had friends who have kind of like sworn off Facebook for like a couple of years and then like eventually come back. Just I think they've just concluded that being off it is more of a hassle than it's worth. I mean, I think at this point uh, Facebook Messenger is separate enough that if you're if you're not on Facebook or if you deactivate your Facebook or whatever, you yeah. can still use Messenger. And all of your so and it's you could still use that as a separate messaging app. So, um, you know, and I don't know, you know, I don't know if this is going to happen anytime soon. But there was talk of integrating the messaging side of um, of Instagram, of Facebook, and putting those together with WhatsApp, uh, so that you could send messages from WhatsApp to Messenger, and you know, vice versa, kind of like you know, uh, from Instagram to WhatsApp or whatever. So, you know, maybe. Maybe that like having those as kind of one, maybe having all the messaging functions of different Facebook sites as one thing uh, might encourage some people who, you know, haven't been on Facebook to maybe, because uh, I don't know that anybody uses Messenger who hasn't no, got a Facebook account. No, um, But I do know certain people who've got Instagram and they've got, um, you know, WhatsApp and mm. they haven't got Facebook. So uh, I don't know if that will kind of make it easier for people. I don't know, to not join Facebook because, because you can communicate directly to Messenger. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of one of those weird things about how, like, this website about, you know, people just kind of knowing each other in university has become yeah, so Yeah, and, and it's funny how it's um, gone from being, like, in this movie, it really captures that it's the cool website to be on, whereas now it tends to be slightly thought of as, as that thing that's re- that, you know, 50-year-olds are on. And, like... It's like, yeah. and and then people who are younger are like, well, yeah, of course I have an an account, but it's, I'm not proud of it. Yeah, and I'm certainly not going to be making friends with people no. via Facebook. It's just there so that I can get yeah. access to other yeah, stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like we've said about as much as we possibly sure. can about today's minute. So uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug? Yeah, so um, I do a podcast on Russian films and films of the Russian connection, which is called Rus Files Unite. And yeah, we've done about, uh, I think, 30-odd uh, films by this point so and it runs the gamut of genres and you know sometimes we'll do like adaptations of um, like Russian novels by um, uh, by Hollywood so we've we've got an episode on um, Anyegin coming up with Ray Fiennes and Liv Tyler and yeah but it's 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 all sorts of things really it's quite a broad remit and you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minutes or on Twitter at social underscore minutes or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Thanks once more for being my guest here today. Oh, thanks very much, Darren. And I will see you tomorrow. All right. See you tomorrow.